0: Welcome to another episode of Office Hours where we teach you what they don't teach you in the classroom about building experiences that are personal and one-to-one for your prospects and customers. On today's episode, I want to talk about a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I took a very deliberate and very intentional approach to my journey into the head of marketing role by way of customer marketing. And I am so excited to talk with one of the most legendary customer marketers and customer advocates out there, Kevin. Kevin, you are currently the uh, Global Head of Customer Advocacy at Adobe. Welcome to Office Hours. I'm thrilled to have you.
1: Cool. no, thanks MK for uh, the introduction and uh, inviting me over.
0: Oh my gosh, happy to invite any sort of a, a Marvel Avengers fan over to come hang out at my place anytime we got to start first and foremost talking about all of the amazing items that you have just over your shoulders. Tell me a little bit more about that collection.
1: <laughs> well, it's a, it's a mixture of just, I mean, this is like my, my man cave. So these are things that I'm super passionate about outside of work. So things around like Star Wars, Marvel, um, anime, you could see a big fan of, um, the Mandalorian, the show. Hopefully you also watch them. Um, Absolutely. Just, yeah, all things, uh, Normally, if it's a normal year, I would go to like Comic-Con across the country, but uh, fingers crossed for next year.
0: That is so cool. I mean, talk about experience. Like Comic-Cons are such a fun experience. First off, do you dress up when you go to Comic-Con?
1: I don't because I'm, I'm pretty intense when I go. Like I like to have a, a singular mission to get a bunch of merchandise. And like wearing a costume is not the most ideal. Especially if you're staying in line for like 18 hours in a day, so fair enough. I, I I don't personally do it, but I have a lot of friends that do.
0: I love it. That's so so cool. Where do you like? Where did this all start? Especially your passion for Avengers. We're big Mando fans in our house. We have baby Yodas on uh, <laughs> this couch, on the couch in the living room, and the couch on the other side of the house as well too. Um, where does where does this affinity come for you?
1: I think a lot of it's rooted in my own like sense of nostalgia from you know growing up watching a lot of these shows from the 80s uh, things like gi joe star wars of course with the movies and um, just seeing a lot of superhero stuff when i was growing up and so that by default has kind of created like my excitement and passion for you know this this niche or this this hobby so yeah
0: i i love it uh, i think it's a community that is crazy passionate and it's a community that is crazy devoted to the brand, the Star Wars legacy, the DC Marvel legacy, like that, everybody has this like deep affinity for the groups that they support. And I have to, I've got to think that there's a connection between what you do for your customer advocacy programs and what you do about building community within your customer base, that there is, there's some overlap, there's some similarities, there's things that you've learned about building both of those communities that you thread into the work that you do in your nine to five.
1: For sure. I mean, I think a lot of it stems from just you know meeting people where they are, as far as understanding what are their passions, what are what are the things that get them super excited about. And uh, you know, I've been fortunate that I came from the Marquette acquisition, you know, before Adobe acquired us a couple of years ago, and uh, customer passion was was central to Marquette's DNA growing up. I mean. Uh, they existed for roughly about I think 11 or so years before we became uh, an Adobe business. But even before that time, um, a lot of our customers really just they gravitated to the product and the solution because it helped build their career. It helped accelerate, uh, you know, building their identity around like what is it that they love about marketing automation, and we just kind of like tapped into that to give them a channel to redirect that energy and uh, and bring people together. I think that's when, what's the, the cornerstone of building like really strong communities at the end of the day.
0: I really appreciate the fact that you are talking about bringing people together um, because I, I oftentimes find that businesses who realize that they need some sort of a customer marketing function, customer advocacy function, they actually realized it a little too late. They realize it that they need it as a retention play, not yeah. necessarily. It's more reactive than proactive. Um, and I'm super excited to hear that you've done that. And you didn't always start off in customer marketing, right? Like you found your way into the customer marketing world. I'd love to learn more about that.
1: Yeah. So uh, my background's been a little bit, it wasn't necessarily the, the traditional route that most folks might take going into marketing where... Uh, when I graduated from school, I went to, uh, to UCSD. And at the time, um, you know, this was back when like a big recession hit back in 2008, there really weren't that many jobs out there. And so I decided to go into consulting. So I actually did some social media consulting. Um, this was back when like Twitter, Facebook was still very much in its infancy as far as businesses taking advantage of how to use these different types of social networks to kind of build a brand, build loyalty, et cetera. And so I did that for a little bit of time. Um, and then actually, it's funny enough, I worked at Adobe about 10 years ago. Um, and so it's kind of like coming full circle a little bit, but um, started doing that. And then my background has been uh, really being involved in building communities. So you take kind of like the social aspect, which is kind of engaging folks. Then you also take, you know, how do you create um, advocates or how do you create a discipline around channeling these users to number one, help to to grow a, a product or a solution, but then also helping to, um, you know, help to give them a, a platform to shine and, and share their expertise. And so I did some work there at Google for a little bit and then started working in more from a, a B2B standpoint to understand what's the difference between B2C communities, B2B, and, and there are a lot of similarities and as well as differences, of course, but that kind of helped build my foundation. And then I think customer advocacy or customer marketing, that was sort of a relatively new discipline that's only been around for maybe five years if you wanna think of it that way. Um, and it just became a natural progression because it takes a lot of the elements that I grew up loving to do. Um, it takes, to your point earlier, about how do you create these exceptional experiences, but how do you also you know, build this foundation, build this community, and how do you bring people together Create uh, almost like a movement, if you want to think of it that way. Um, And then get people really centered around like how does this influence retention and and customer experience over time?
0: I like that you've taken that approach as well, too. It's more of a slow burn approach. Um, But I think people want to jump right to retention as the main source without realizing that once you build the solid foundation retention and your strong network of advocates. Um, And I think Marketo and Adobe do a really great job of having their power users help with that advocacy for your brands. Uh, They go above and beyond for communities and folks who need some help navigating your tool or navigating certain situations. Um, And I love that you use the term experience because I have been part of the experiences that you've created before. And they really are experiences. Um, I want to learn a little bit more from you about how you go about architecting and building that immersive experience for your customers that continues to forge community, but also forges um, you know, experimentation for your own selves and for your team, especially since a lot of viewers on Office Hours haven't quite refined that motion of customer marketing or customer advocacy yet.
1: Sure. Um, I don't know if I have so so much as a like a formula or things like that. But I think it, it's rooted in the fact that I really like, um, I wanna create sort of like these magical, um, these, I guess the magical experiences to, if you wanna put it that way, but basically it's like, how do you um, bring people, I mentioned this again and again, but bring people together, but make it so that um, there's sort of like a shared understanding that number one, the customers of course are gonna benefit from this experience. But at the same time, we're, of course, benefiting as well because we tap into these advocates to create content for us, to develop, um, you know, speaking engagements, whatnot. So, of course, we have a, uh, an agenda behind it, but I think at the end of the day, if you can create sort of these win-win scenarios, that's where things really kind of, I think that's where the magic happens. And it's less of a, you know, situation where a customer feels like they're being sold to. And it's more of like, oh, we're a friend. We're we have a strong relationship. We'd actually get you know drinks in a normal scenario, and and want to hang out. And so I think when you kind of build that friendship with your customers, the rest becomes a lot easier. And um, and they they I look at them as sort of like an extension of our team to create you know greater experiences for the broader community.
0: I think that is beautiful, and, and I often remind our teams that as marketers, especially customer centric marketers. It's our job to make our customers look like rock stars to their customers. And the definition of customer can obviously have a little bit of uh, fluidity to it because sometimes your customers, uh, a a marketer's customers could be their CEO, their CMO. Um, And how do we always look for those times to elevate and bring them to that level of looking like a rock star to their CEO? Um, Or sometimes their customer is actually a a literal customer. And so how do we help them build those experiences and enable them and find inspiration so that they can elevate the playing field? I also love that you use the word magic. Um, we, We know Adobe loves to use the word moment, which is almost the antithesis of a touch. But the way that your experience translate is they are truly magic moments. You create these experiences that are so memorable that feel as though they are meant for nobody but the one individual person um, that is on the receiving end of it. How does your team go about thinking through the experience from the perspective of the person who's on the receiving end and then reverse engineer experience that's tailored for them?
1: Yeah, I think it um, it kind of goes back with just when you have a deep understanding of who your customers are and what they're passionate about and what are the things that are going to move the relationship forward versus move it backwards. Because I think oftentimes, um, I mean, uh, the, the classic example that we have just most recently, is just when we went through an acquisition, the it's, it's sometimes difficult where customers don't always want to be, um, on the same page with you because they're, they're not really sure, like, you know, is Adobe still going to invest in the product? Is Are things going to change? And there could be some backlash with that. And so um, the way that we kind of approach it is like, you know, these customers are kind of feeling uneasy a little bit, and they're wondering if the situation is going to change um, or Marketo is no longer going to be a product that they can use in the future, or it's just going to be sunsetted or something going to happen, right? And so when I kind of approach them with the team, I always think about like, how can we create those magic experiences like, I, like you mentioned earlier, but also I kind of phrase it as sort of like shock and awe uh, campaigns or what can we do that's really gonna delight and create surprise and, you know, make it seem that like they're getting enrolled and like they're gonna be part of something bigger than what they were before. Um, and so we did some stuff, uh, traditionally do big events during our summit conferences, where we bring together a lot of customers in one place um, we try to create very tailored experiences where we'll have like a, you know, a, a customer mixer where we bring them together, and we had um, created these poster boards of them. Some are probably about the size of the poster behind you, but um, That's have, you big. Seen, yeah, have you ever seen um, some of the uh, the magazines where it talks about? I think ESPN has done this too, where it's like you know their MVPs and like the the rock stars that have done incredible things throughout the year we created sort of like these personalized, um, these posters that had their photo etched into it. And it all looked like a magazine poster. That was like the idea. And that, the reason why I kind of created something like that was it, it took more time than probably other types of activations we've done in the past. But we did it because we wanted to give them something that was a visual representation of the things that they've accomplished up to this point in time in their career. And um, also talk about the legacy of some of our programs going from Marketo to to Adobe. And so uh, we gave all those posters to about 40 different customers, some of like our best advocates. And some of them even today still use it as a backdrop when they're interviewing for jobs. And um, it's like, oh, I don't really need to talk about myself because you just look at my poster, right? So, So that was just kind of one example of what we did with some of our customers.
0: I think that going above and beyond makes a big impact and it makes the emotional impact. that I think oftentimes marketers have distanced themselves from with the marketing that they put out there. I think sales automation, marketing automation were great inventions to help us solve for high velocity and maximum reach and scale. But I think we became more distant from the folks whose lives were impacting with our products, goods, and services. So I personally get excited when I hear about marketers like going out, out of their way to create those above and beyond even tactile uh, experiences such as having like your a life-size portrait of yourself, yeah. <laughs> illustration right. of yourself, which is kind of bananas. I also think as well too that marketers were so focused oftentimes on customer acquisition costs and so we think about pack a lot but I think customer marketing is all about the other half of the equation of LTV to CAC and like increasing the lifetime value of your customers really does start with your advocacy programs and with your customer marketing programs. I'd love to learn a little bit more about how you get scientific even with some of the efforts that you put forth with customer advocacy and customer marketing to help with those two very important levers of growth, which is cost of acquiring a customer and also lifetime value and how you think about balancing yeah. too. It,
1: it's interesting too, because I think historically from a customer marketing landscape, it, it's been more of a challenge to kind of me- measure and um, kind of put down to a dollars and cents as far as, like what do you contribute to an organization from an ROI standpoint? I think that's also why historically demand gen teams We'll usually get about 75% of the budget. And usually if there's anything left, sometimes the customer team can get it. Yeah. And, um, but if you kind of flip that equation, most organizations make most of their income or the revenue from mm-hmm. their recurring book of business or their, their existing customer base. But then there's obviously a disconnect in terms of how much the business is focused on, you know, acquiring new logos or whatnot. That's one of those mm-hmm. things that kind of just boggles my mind, but. it, it it happens across the board. But with that being said, um, the way that we've kind of started to think about how do we measure impact and programmatic impact across all of our channels, um, we've actually built something called like an advocate score. So essentially just as how, you know, lead scoring works, where you're moving someone further down a funnel until they take an action um, to buy your product or they don't. uh, We move in a similar function where we work very closely with our customer success organization and, we try to identify um, different touch points and we have different technologies that kind of feed into, you know, leveraging Marketo sort of like that backbone. But the idea behind it is we essentially will score our different advocates and we'll identify as people go through our advocate nurture, what's the propensity that someone has for becoming an advocate down the road. And then also from a churn a standpoint, because I think this is like the holy grail. It's like, how can we, if we had like comparing different accounts of customers, and we had to look at um, accounts that have one advocate versus one that has zero, by adding one or two more additional advocates, how much does that actually decrease churn, or possibly reduce churn over time? And so we've started to build some of that modeling around, um, you know, how do we influence that? And then we also have some sp- specific program numbers we look at from. You know, user groups that we run, from our customer stories that we generate, from our awards program, um, and everything else across the board. But it's it's definitely been a journey, and I think it's actually been really great to kind of be more data driven, just as some of our our other marketing counterparts are.
0: I think that's so important, and, and my big belief, my point of view for a long time has been that the modern day CMO is going to have had done their their time in a demand generation function potentially in a brand or a product marketing function but also the customer marketing customer advocacy motion because when you can get the experience at pulling levers of growth in both net new acquisition and or expansion and retention you're you're a powerhouse marketer if you know how to manage the economies of scale and the unit economics of both sides of the business you're going to be unstoppable. I want to kind of round out I want to round out today's conversation with just one final question for you and, and that's what does the future hold for customer marketing and customer advocacy especially since last year during the pandemic, a lot of folks were really forced to think about their customer retention and think about the experiences they were presenting to their customers. As a means for trying to keep them, you know, going, empowering, and following their and building towards an, an advocacy.
1: Yeah, I think I think where the industry is going, we we always hear the sort of buzzword around like customer experience and mm-hmm. how do we create um, programs essentially that are aligned with the customer journey and service of that. I think what we're going to start to see is more of a a blend between customer success teams and functions, as well as within marketing organizations and sales, because the whole customer experience, you know the, that definition, it's not necessarily the ownership of one person or one team, but it, if anything, it should be a cross-functional thing that every stakeholder within the organization thinks about, whether it's the person working in support, the person building the product, or the person marketing that's actually trying to deliver that experience to a customer. And so I think it's gonna be much more of a blended sort of shared responsibility or goal or measurement um, that they actually look at because to your point earlier, organizations, like if they don't think about what the customer experience is like or how do we support retention efforts, then likely they're not gonna have those customers for very long. Um, And so it's starting to revamp and you probably even notice this too, there's a lot more jobs and positions opening up for folks that are Trying to get their their uh, their footing in a customer marketing role or function, um, and I think even from a demand gen perspective, even the CMOs of the, of the future, like you said earlier, they're going to have to have a much more multidisciplined um, view of as far as like how do we support both growth as well as retention efforts, and it can't be just siloed towards one or the other, but it has to be sort of this holistic view that they they kind of embrace.
0: I could talk to you all day and nerd out about all of this stuff, but I, I know you're uh, always out there busy thinking about the experiences for your customers. So I'm going to let you go, but if people want to learn from you some more about the tricks of the trade in customer advocacy and customer marketing and creating that next level experience, where can they find you? Where can they find your thought leadership?
1: Um, sure. I mean, I, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn um, and then you know periodically I'll, I'll post you know uh speaking sessions or whatnot that i'm doing I'm, I'm speaking at the um product marketing association they have a customer marketing summit that's coming up in the next couple of weeks so uh, i could i could share out some links and whatnot yeah
0: sounds great we love the team over at pma kevin thank you so much for your time your expertise just your wisdom beyond just helping create those experiences but also how you take those experiences and apply deep impact into the organization Thank you so much for your time today. It was such a pleasure. And I hope we get to keep these conversations about customer marketing going.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thanks again. Appreciate it.
0: Take care.